Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. from Eden Hazard, Kai Havertz in the Champions League final, Ivanovic! In the middle, it's just behind him, but it's by Hakim Ziyech. Matic with the ball driver! It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast. Coming up on this episode... Well, that didn't quite go the way we expected, but on the positive side, um, well, you're listening to this podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm joined in the virtual room, filled with a single solitary lion. He's, He's over there in the corner. I've got Chris. But I want to know. I want to know his highlight from the weekend. That's what the listeners want. They want to know, was was Ikea brought... Oh, that's my thing, Ikea. Yours is the bedroom. <laughs> anyway, what was your highlight? Uh, do you know what? I, I actually... I don't have one. I, no. There's one. There's yeah. One. No, on. I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't think there was. Saturday. I'm not even sure I can remember much of Saturday, to be honest. A lot of football happened. Yeah, Saturday was just one of those sort of late... Oh, no, Saturday, tell a lie. Saturday, I did my wife's uh, all-day charity netball tournament. Oh! That was a that was all right, except I got really badly sunburned. Oh! Yeah, that, that that was good, and raised, like, nearly a £1,000 for two Bloody different charities. Bloody hell, that's so, awesome. Yeah, oh, that's so incredible. that was good. That is and a damn some, highlight. Sunday was like one of the worst days ever. <laughs> like one of the most deflating, emotionally draining days ever. So let's just pretend the weekend was just Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Interesting you say. I mean, this it was measurements weekend for me and uh, I put on half an inch. And, you know, It's not a penis pump. There's no penis pump. <laughs> if, if there was one, but I, what would a nickname? Mason Mount, why not? He sucks. <laughs> no, um, it was on my calves and... For the gym rats out there, they know how much this an accomplishment is. It should be celebrated. Beers, barbecues, whole nine yards. And and then it sort of went to shit in total on Sunday because if listeners followed uh, Twitter, uh, my computer just died. <laughs> just literally the CPU just went, nah, I've had enough. I've had a fucking enough of you. Uh, it died. So I am running off my old rig. So it's working and got a new processor coming this week. So very grateful for that. And my sense of smell is coming back too because... Again, long-term, long-time listeners will know, had COVID. So, yeah. Uh, if you're f- joining us for the first time, oh, you're in for a treat for this game. because uh, Oh, yeah. yeah there's, a lot, there's a lot to talk about with that. But we won't go there. We've got news, haven't we? So let's hit that news drop. Sponsorship blues for the blues. Yes, I have decided to write our own headlines for headlines uh, that we're going to discuss. <laughs> so <laughs> got to bring the positivity. Very Inf- nice. Yeah, well, Infinite Athlete um, already pr- printed on some kits for photo shoots, but it seems it's still pending approval by the Premier League. The brand was only created a week before the potential Chelsea deal was announced, and its turnover is estimated at just over 12 million a year. It is also suspected Infinite has financial ties to Chelsea's ownership group, albeit convoluted ties. Uh, for me, Chris, I want to know why... Well, I want to explain to me why Man City and multiple clubs can have sponsorship deals with pretty much unknown crypto companies that have only just really randomly been set up, fuck all for turnover, and likely go bust within the year. Get They get approved 
by our Premier League. Yeah, Chelsea are stuck in this loop of Paramount. Mm, no, 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 no. That would cost us TV money. Uh, steak's fine. Go steak. You don't? You want to eat for athlete? No, no, no. Sounds like the system. You are trying to cheat. <sighs> are we ever going to have a sponsor again? Ever? It's looking unlikely. Um, I think the... I think it's a bit ridiculous in terms of I've never heard of any other club being investigated for their sponsor. So I didn't even, even Newcastle, know. and that's suspect. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I didn't even know that your sponsors had to be approved by the Premier League. So that the fact that that's news it means that they they have they've done never done it before to any other club. So mm-hmm. I don't know why they're doing it to ours I, I think it's because we're, we're we are sort of being really obvious with our um, financial loopholes shall we say <laughs> and i just I, I think maybe that they think we are taking the piss a little bit so they've decided to take a stance on it i, I don't agree with it but you can't blame them either i guess um especially after we sort of you know, ratted ourselves out for the ffp thing you kind of think, well, I don't know if we actually know what we're doing here. Um, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I'm not that bothered if we have to go a season without a front of shirt sponsor. Mm. I know mm. some people have got really like uppity about it, but I really don't mm. see it's a big deal. Forest did it last year, and True. True. their their revenue is much smaller than ours anyway. So I don't think mm. it's going to be um, that much of a big deal as long as we can find one. Yeah, because I, I think Forest have still still have. They're got still one. not got a uh, front of shirt sponsor. I mean, no, I've I been so. I've been pretty not, not vocal, but I've been I've just been honest with this before on the show on Twitter, and I, I just have. Um, I'm not fussed if we go sponsorless. In fact, to be fair, considering new ownership, you know, it would be very good of them, and I I would certainly appreciate it as a fan if they sort of put on the front of shirts. I don't know how it would work on a rotational basis purely because of, you know, <laughs> the, the quickness and turnover of shirts. You've got to get them out ready for the game. So I know that's probably, there's a lot to it more than we actually do know. But if they put on, say, local charities from like, obviously the local Chelsea, London area, even anti-gambling and all that sort of thing for helping yeah. people that have come back from gambling addictions. And that'd be absolutely incredible. You know, and I know there's the argument of, yeah, but we need revenue. I understand that, but not everything's about money. And considering no. we've spent nearly a billion, I I don't think T- Todd Bowley cares about the money no. side of, a, of whether we get 40 million for our sponsor or zero. You know, I, um, I would go the goodwill and do the charities route. But of course, I don't run the club. So it didn't... Um... Barcelona did something similar, didn't they? UNICEF, UNICEF, yeah, they did a UNICEF deal for quite some time, yeah. I remember. And um, yeah, I like that idea. I don't think you could do it on like a game by game basis because of what you said. Mm, the sort of yeah. but maybe they could do it on a competition basis. So mm. one charity is on the front for Premier League, another charity is on the front for FA yeah, Cup, another one idea, for Carabao Cup. I know we're not in Europe this season, so that would lower that drastically mm, anyway mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it would it would be a nice gesture it, especially i think if we don't find if we don't find a paid sponsor for the front of the shirt in a month's time just give up for the season you're not going to put one on there in january because what would be the point 
Hmm. So if you're not going to find one in the next couple of weeks, next month maximum, then I think they should do some sort of goodwill gesture to yeah. some sort of local charity hmm. would be nice. For sure, for sure. Um, only two pieces of news, realistically. Uh, Hacking Ziyech, he secured the type of loan banks hate. So he's left, he has left, uh, but he hasn't. Uh, he's completed this sort of season-long loan to Galatasaray with an obligation to buy at the end of the loan for... Nope, nope, that's nothing. It is zero. Uh, weird. I don't think this has ever happened before in any sport. I, I'd love to know if there's been any footballers moved on loan with an obligation to buy for nothing. But hey, uh, thoughts on that? I think that's really, it is really weird. And when I first read it, I thought that doesn't make any sense. And I'm I hoping thought, there's more information. It's like, I don't know, £20 for him. I don't know. I was thinking, oh, the only reason why I think it's, because he's out of contract, isn't he, next summer? So they could get him for free anyway. Apparently, I thought that, but apparently when he signed his deal in, oh gosh, going back 2019, um, it was a five-year deal. So, oh, oh. Well, maybe it is next year. I'm sure I read somewhere it was 2025. But yeah, I, whatever, whatever. Yeah, so, but the, the only reason I can think it's an obligation that, that he stays there is from his point of view. That, mm. that like they have to keep him on. Maybe it's something he asked for to be included in, in a loan deal. Because you've got to think from his point of view, he wouldn't want to be unattached next summer and be looking for a club i think uh, I, I, a couple of weeks ago uh I, there was a lot of talk on twitter about um players running their contracts down when the whole mbappe saga was going oh, on yeah. um, about players they think players will just start to do that they'll just start to run their contracts down and walk away for free and clubs will lose all power I think after what's happened to David De Gea, I think players are being more cautious of that now. Because mm. David De Gea left Man United and you'd have thought would have got snapped up straight away. I know he's not the goalkeeper he was before and he did make some horrendous errors last season, but he's still a good, solid goalkeeper. And oh, yeah. nobody wants him. Not even Saudi want him. And Saudi want everyone. I seen today <laughs> Saudi was signing Damari Gray. So if they're signing oh, Damari wow. Gray, I'd, I'd but they that. don't want, but they don't want De Gea, then something's going wrong. And I, I understand where people is coming from because you know clubs do lose a lot of power when players walk away for free. But at the same time, if they haven't got a club, they ain't got no income either. Mm, mm, that's fair. It mm, interesting. I mean, I'm not sad to mm, see Ziyech go though, and I don't think any Chelsea fan is. Let's be honest. I mean, he was the first player, and it's a shame he's not on tonight. But it's a shame that he isn't really, because he was the first player that Berth and I ever discussed on this podcast. And it's just kind of odd that it has been that damn long since since he joined. Not Berth, yeah. Uh, he reminds me for me, Ziyech kind of reminds me of a, a veggie burger that I used to eat. I mean, it wasn't the worst, wasn't the best. You know, he, he was very much a confidence player, and and with that type of player, you're not you're not able to sort of play through his bad patches of form. I mean, we were warned about that. We were warned by Ajax fans and, and that, <laughs> multiple times. You know what, though, I think on the one hand, I I don't think we ever put him in a system that got the best out of him, and. I think it's a common theme now when you look at the amount of players that come to Chelsea and fail 
that mm. they're never put into a system that really is built for them. We seem to just sign players at random and then hope that they kind of fit into where we want to go rather than signing them tailor-made for what we actually want to do. And I think he was part of that massively. Like, I think we just signed him with no real plan of how we was actually going to use him. And to be fair to him, he he acted like a professional all the way to the end. Mm. He never come out bad-mouthed in the club. Nope. He, never ref- he never refused to play. He never refused to train. And I do think sometimes you have to give players credit for that because there mm. are players who will, you know, refuse to turn up to training, go on strike or, you know, end up going back to their home country and going into exile almost until they get their own way. And he never did that. And, you know, after the PSG move fell apart in January, he come back mm. and he played like two days later, which was ridiculous. But um <laughs> You know, fair play to him. He still he still played. There was there was no sitting around saying no. I'm annoyed about not being allowed to go to PSG. So mm. it's just one of them where it's yeah. just another. I I'm at a point now where I'm not even sure I can blame players anymore for failing at Chelsea because so many <laughs> of them do. It's it's mm. just the done thing now. It's almost a, it's more rare a right of passage to Chelsea and succeed. Yeah, it's a right. Well, what what. Are you a chat? Are you proper Chelsea? Did you did you succeed at Chelsea? No, but did did you <laughs> did you fail? Eh, sort of. Ha, <laughs> proper. Um, proper. look, yeah, I don't hold any grudges against him, and you know, like you said, he he turned up each week for training, did his job, didn't moan. Sierra and I are good. We're good. I know some listeners, and I've seen some people on social go, "Oh, he did his job. He turned up for training. That's why he's paid." Yes, but as you said, that doesn't always happen. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, exactly. it doesn't they just go oh, i'm not doing it and he he did fulfill what you know he's paid to do you're right that's what he does but i don't remember him complaining about it and to be fair i don't know how i'd react if i've got i'm i'm clearly leaving a place that you know what i'm not wanted here i'm it's it's a job i'm i'm, I'm not feeling it i've got my next job lined up it's all gonna go smoothly and then literally at the last second i'm told by the way your new job it's not happening anymore. You've got to go back to your old one. Yeah, that would suck. And I'd probably yeah, complain. Would. He didn't. He, I mean, yes, he did go on and play the next game, which was like, what are we doing here? But again, he didn't react in a negative manner. So all the best at Galatasaray, really. Oh, well, the match report. This time, I decided it was sponsored by, if you're seeing the vibe of the Chelsea fan base on Twitter, well, X gone, give it ya. <laughs> Because literally, whatever we're calling it now, Twitter X, oh my word, it's been given it. I mean, look, goals at the start of each half prevented Chelsea from turning possession into points as our first trip on the road of the season ended in defeat at West Ham United. Aguered opened the scoring for West Ham. Carney equalised. Pakata got booked. Enzo missed a penalty. Pakata didn't. And then Antonio kept up his streak of really annoying me when he played against us because he scored. I mean... I've got it. I've wrote down on the script that Chris has spoiled this already for me by telling me he has no winners. Boo. But do, do you have a winner? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. But, and and I'll tell you why, right? It might seem a little bit harsh. I don't have a boo it, sound drop, so. <laughs> but it was more the fact that I thought it was almost like two different games. If you okay. was to if you was to ask me at half time, I could have gave you a fair number of winners. But then Every single one of them didn't perform the same in the second half when we really needed them to. They 
it was like two completely different teams. The one in the first half went in and Chelsea from last season come back out. I, I, I honestly couldn't believe I was watching the same team because I actually thought first half was really good. Um, really stupid corner to give away for the first goal and then a shambles of a setup. The the way that you sort of half man marking, half zonal marking, but then you've got stu- people in stupid zones like Gallagher marking the back post where centre-halves are going to mm. attack. It's just ludicrous. The, the setup was completely wrong. But after that, after we went a goal down, I thought we were superb first half. Moved the mm. ball quickly. Sterling looked lively. Chuck Wameka looked lively. Jackson was causing all sorts of problems. I thought the um, offside for the first penalty we didn't get looked a little bit suspicious to me. I don't think he was offside. I think they drew that line a bit wonky. Um, <laughs> scored a really good equaliser. Should have took the lead. You know, I don't know whether you want to talk about that now. Like this absolute obsession we have. It's like we don't want our strikers to score goals. It's like we sign strikers and go, <laughs> do you want to score goals? Yeah, you can't come here then. Because mm, just give your mm. penalties to your striker. Uh, how hard is it? And it's something we have done now for years and years and years mm. and years. Uh, and you just think, when are you going to learn that getting that first goal for a striker as early as possible is the most important thing you can do. And last mm-hmm. season, you look at Haaland at City, had a terrible community shield. was absolutely shocking. First game of the season, away at West Ham, funnily enough, they get a penalty. What does Kevin De Bruyne do? Gives it to Haaland. Mm-hmm. Gets off the mm-hmm. mark straight away. No one's talking about him scoring then. And obviously, you know, Haaland's yeah. a freak and he went on to do ridiculous things. But... <laughs> If, if you've got a striker and you want him to score goals, give him penalties. Then. Unless he actively says, I don't want to take penalties, which if you're a striker and you're saying that, I, I would question whether you should be playing up front at all. Um, give him give him the penalties. And this isn't just because Enzo missed it, because if you if if any of if anyone was watching the game with me, like my dad and my brother was, I said it mm-hmm. as soon as I seen Enzo get the ball. I was already ranting about it, whether he scored or not, because it's just ridiculous. I don't oh. need Enzo to be getting goals. You know, we did the same with Jorginho for years and years, getting six goals from the penalty spot, seven goals from the penalty spot. And you think, give them to the striker. How hard is it? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm, yeah I mean, I. you know what? I've got it because you brought it up and it's only right to keep that flow going. Um, yeah. One of my losers is stupid penalty techniques because I hated yeah. Jorginho's. I, I certainly hated Paul Pogba's when I used to watch it. He didn't play for us, did he? Of course. And I really don't like Ivan Toner's. And now I detest Enzo's. I mean, yeah, I've wrote down here, just hand the ball to a striker, do a standard run-up, bang. Yeah. You know, Enzo's, Enzo's slow run-up was, his technique for me was look at keeper, look to the side of the keeper, hit the ball to where you and keeper are looking, profit. It, no, it's just so damn bizarre that it, it won't ever work. You know, I'd have rather have seen Chilwell take one with his right foot. Yeah. Because I just thought when it works, like when let an example I've just brought up out of all those three, Ivan Tony, when he pulls it off, it's like, wow. I mean, wow. But it's when it goes wrong. And I know that Enzo had a perfect record beforehand. But I'd be honest, I can't remember if 
beforehand. His penalty technique was the same against uh, West Ham. I don't know, so oh, well, that's that's on me. To be honest with you, before but, West Ham, I don't, I, I didn't even know he took penalties because he was on, he was on the hmm. pitch in the World Cup final and didn't take one of the five. Oh right, okay. I kind of that was, that was, that was, so, it was like so long ago. It was like six months. I, eight. Yeah, I mean, so he's obviously not what you would call a penalty taker. Just because he's took some in the past doesn't make him a penalty taker. That's not how it works. Mm, mm. Like you know, most offensive professional players have took a penalty at some point, but you wouldn't call them penalty takers. I just think, give it to Jackson. Whether he scores or not is irrelevant. I just want him to be taking them anyway. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, it's fair. Um, You know what? I'll go with a winner. I'll go with a winner straight up. I've got Raheem Sterling because I'm, look, I'm not going to hand out flowers today. I'm going to hand out melons. Honeydew, to be precise. Now, that's a special shout out to the Discord of ours. Because, for context, I, I basically misheard the word flowers for melons. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, it was a good little chat. I was like, why are we handing in melons? And and the dude had just said to me, went, no, I said flowers. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's really awkward. And we all had a good laugh at how stupid I am. But yeah, Raheem Stern is a winner because for me, what a game he had. It was the best, the best I've seen of him in a Chelsea shirt. It was Direct football. It was like watching Manchester City sterling for me. I mean, we have to give credit to him. It was a good game for him. Yeah, it was definitely everything you just said is right for 45 minutes. And then again, fair, and then again, fair enough. second half. The the issue, the, the, the main issue I took from this game was against Liverpool. I don't think you can take our performance against Liverpool and really read much into it because, one, normally we are okay in big games anyway. No matter who's in charge of us, we're normally, we normally do okay in, in the bigger games and especially at home. We perform all right. We don't always win them and we don't win them, we don't win them a lot anymore. But, you know, we always mm. perform okay, um, usually. Um, this was the test of... How different is this team against a low block who's going to sit in and everything we've struggled against mm. for years, for at least the past three seasons, we have struggled against low blocks, compact defences. And first half, we didn't struggle at all. And Sterling was the main reason for that because he was gliding mm. past defenders. He was pulling other defenders out of position, which was creating space for other people. And he was excellent at it. The minute they got the man sent off, he did absolutely nothing. And it's in those moments when players of his age especially, they need to step up and be the difference makers in these games. We can't just keep saying, oh, he was really good for 45 minutes because we did this last season with the whole team. We was good for half an hour. And then for the last 60 minutes, we was absolutely shit. But everyone went, oh, it was good for half an hour. Well, great. But that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I, I actually said, I said to my dad at half time that we've got to be careful that you don't want to become one of those teams who at the end of a game, you keep saying, oh, we played well today. We should have won, but you didn't. Because ultimately mm. it's a results business. And yes, I want to see us play better football. I want to see us play like we did in the first half, of course. But I want a result. 
And at the end of the day, yeah. okay. there's no yeah. point playing like we did in the first half to then go and lose it in the second. It's it, it, it's pointless. The first half's meaningless now. And we just we mm. can't keep going down the same route of having half an hour of 45 minutes of good football, but then losing. And then as soon as a team sits in their own half, not being able to break them down. You know, Ster- Sterling mm. needed mm. to carry on doing what he was doing. And to be fair to him, he did try in the second half, but it was the final ball that let him down. I mean, and he's not the only one. The final ball lets us down pretty much every time. You can guarantee mm. once we can see the goal, all our players forget how to play football. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can see what I can see where you're coming from for sure. I'll I'll run through my other winners. Uh, some Chelsea Twitter accounts. Yes, wow. some. Uh, if 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 well, <laughs> there's a reason. I mean, if they if they these. Wore rubber, trou- rubber trousers, they'd be silent. No knees were jerking. Sensible post-game thoughts. Bad day in the office vibes. I'm honestly proud to be following these accounts just because I, I just read them and I thought, wow, a sensible, t- not not a hot take. I've seen some YouTube videos in the last uh, 24 hours. Um, might be from a certain man who rhymes with uh, Bory. <laughs> and I just thought... What are you doing? What, what, what am I watching? Why am I watching this other than for entertainment? Or for some reason, I'm, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, two more winners. Uh, anyone who put a bet on Pakatar to get a booking was two to one before the game. I was I did double check because the Discord was open and we were having a chat about it. And he did get booked on minute 35 by having a moan to the official. Remember, anything you read online is all allegedly. Nothing. We don't know any further. And my final winner, before we probably go really... D- Deep dive into losers. Connor Gallagher's personal trainer. Because what, what routine is he on? I want to know. Because did you see, Chris, how he pushed a fully grown man to the ground with just his left arm? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't sure whether Pakatar was going to hit the deck or evaporate into dust. It was like, oh, bloody hell. Calm down, Connor. You can't be doing that to people. Oh, God. Um, that Pakatar was basically, he, he <laughs> turned into Richarlison yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was when Connor brushed past yeah, him in attack. It was like, it shocked, was a passage yeah. of play, a passage of play, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh. when I saw it, the reaction. This is because I'd looked away at the time. I thought, fuck, Gallagher's getting sent off here. I genuinely hadn't yeah. seen what happened yeah. prior, and then I saw the replay. And I was like, what is what was that? Was that? absolutely <laughs> shocking. I mean, oh wow! If if that's putting oh, you to the ground, then terrible. Oh, good God. Yeah. <laughs> It was really fucking hysterical. Uh, go on, who's a loser for you? I've only got three left. Oh, I could say I could say pretty much the whole team, but I think that would be being a little bit. That's a lot of losers. Yeah, <laughs> being a little bit harsh. Um, first one, I'm gonna have to, and I know I know if Ollie was here, I think he would agree. I'm gonna have to say Robert Sanchez. Oh, I thought you were going to say Kepa, but he didn't play. So, oh, <laughs> and mm. not because mm. he made a glaring mistake, because he didn't. He didn't make any glaring mistakes. Not anything you looked at and thought, "God, goalkeeper." But we we've conceded four goals from seven shots on target. It's not a great record that. Um, for everything people moaned about Kepa for, he had a better record than that. Um, Mm. His save mm. percentage was a lot higher than that last season. Um, and I thought the Antonio goal, I think an elite keeper, like we've been speaking about a lot, an elite keeper keeps it out. 
Edison or Allison, Antonio doesn't score because the mistake Sanchez made. I mean, he still gets a hand to it. It is a powerful strike, and it's through the legs of the defender, which makes it difficult for a keeper. But he gets a hand to it still, and he would have got a better hand to it had he not kept moving with the line of the ball when Antonio can only score in one place. Um, I'll come on to De Sassi in a minute, mm. but if you look at where he's set up De Sassi, Antonio can only shoot into that corner. He can't go into the near post because De Sassi's leg is in the way. He can only shoot through the defender's legs for the far corner and Sanchez should read that and he should overcover that side so that when that shot does come in, he can see, he, he'll be in a comfortable position to make the save. I think that mm. I just it is a concern that I haven't seen him make a real save yet. I haven't seen him make a save that I've gone on as a good save. It 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 just mm. seems like it's going to be and Kappa was, you know, similar as well. It's just gonna be if it's a decent shot, it's gonna go in and that's gonna be a problem. Yeah, I mean he was I mean he did work to get the ball from Bowen's feet early on. Yeah. That was that could have been one nil quite yeah. quickly. He did do uh, well. Though. I'm trying to think anything else. He looked fine on the ball. I mean, you saying about De Sassi actually brought up something. I think that early yellow card just pretty much ended his game. It was like, I can't really do a lot of that because can't really risk getting sent off, can I? He he's a yeah. he's another loser for me. De Sassi. so good against Liverpool, but so poor. And it was, you know, it's that thing where that is that is the thing about the Premier League that people don't understand is. Each game's completely different. Like against Liverpool, who, you know, on paper are a better team than West Ham, and you'd think uh, a, a defender coming, a new defender coming to the league will struggle more against Liverpool than he will against West Ham. But the Liverpool forward line almost play right into his hands. He's strong, he's quick, he's powerful. He's going to win physical battles with any of that Liverpool forward line and he could match most of them for pace over a short distance. So it was it was fine. He defended he defended really well, had a great game against Liverpool. Week mm. after, he comes up against Antonio, who is a completely different centre forward, who could match his physicality, who was quicker than him over the over that short distance because he can't slow him down because he can't use his physicality to slow him down because Antonio would just shrug you off the ball um, yeah it was a real introduction to the Premier League for him and proof that he's mm. still got some improving to do still think he's going to be a good signing still think he's a good player but in this game he wasn't yeah. good at all no that that's that's fair enough uh, I've got to bring it up Carney Chukwameka's knee injury yeah. he um, would have been a winner uh, for me just it, FYR yeah and yeah it means it, it's it, it is really because geez not not the player himself you know he wasn't a loser he was electric and he, he got defenders dancing you know he had me dancing as I said on the uh, the Twitter Car- Carney was Carney Carnival I mean it was a nasty looking knee injury. I mean, we we hope it's simply a contact knock, but hold your breath because dude looks on fire, especially the goal. And I've I've scoured the webs. There's been no update. There was there was a slight rumor that they thought it might be his. I think MCL. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not even look. I'm not even looking at that because I don't think I don't think there's any credible sources that can say one way or the other. It, it's just so it, it sucks because a Chelsea player does well. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, that's that's what it is. I mean, Nkunku did well. Nope, nope, can't be having that. 
I mean, look, you can't, <laughs> there's no universal over- footballing overlord that's going, oh, you can't be doing that for Chelsea. You know, you know, it's just bad luck and <laughs> unfortunate coincidences. You know it, but, oh. it, actually is, it actually is just bad luck. It's, you know, because yeah. we spoke. There's no conspiracy yeah, here. We spoke a lot, haven't we, about like our medical department and whether the players are preparing yeah. well enough or whether they're recovering well enough. And, you know, all of that last season was true because we kept getting a lot of muscular injuries. But the the Nkunku and the Chukwamaika ones, they impact things. They're, they're things that you can't legislate for. It's your knee twisting the wrong way. It's putting a little bit too mm, much mm. weight on it. It's getting that contact just at the wrong moment, which is going to overstretch a ligament or a tendon. It's literally nothing a medical department can prevent. It's it's so it's so frustrating because it does just seem at the minute like as soon as a player's playing well, you just might as well wait for them to get injured because that's all what's going to happen. It's mm. it's so yeah. frustrating, but it's lit, there's literally nothing we can do about it. And I, I, this is no. where I do have so much sympathy for managers because, you know, they have all these plans and then all of a sudden, you know, we could we could have lo- we lost in Conquer and... Potts mm-hmm. reacted and he brought um, Chupamaker in who you know, did okay yeah, against yeah. Liverpool, was playing really well against West Ham. Neymar have lost him as well. You know, you're on to plan C and we're only two games into the season mm. and it's like, you can't legislate for this stuff and it will have a massive impact. Yeah, I can't remember how many, hang on, let me just pull up our injuries for yesterday. We had Fafana out with a cruciate ligament injury, Trevor Chalaba hamstring, Reese James hamstring, Bettinelli was injured. Didn't know that. <laughs> um, Nkunku, knee injury. Benoit, Badia, groin. And Brozier, knee. Yeah. yeah. It's, and obviously now we can unfortunately temporarily add on Carney to that list. It, you, you can't do anything about it. Um, one thing we certainly can do about is, is debuts. And on that note... Moises Caicedo's cameo. I mean, it blows my mind how some people think a player with no preseason and just a few days at a club will be able to walk into the team and be the next Stingolo Kante. I mean, it was never happening. It, it really wasn't. And, oh dear, that was a, a Thiago Silva versus West Brom performance. Uh, a Patrice Evra for United against City or Rio Ferdinand for Leeds against Leicester star debut. Yeah, it kind of sucked, but... They, they, those, those players I ran off there. They all turn out all good. I mean, look, he didn't look, he didn't look that sharp. And it was, to me, it was like trying to cut a piece of steak with a spoon. Look, be- better days are ahead, though. I don't know how you felt, but for me, this is why he didn't start. He needs time to get into this system. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, you are right. And firstly, I'd like to say, numerous people was calling for him to start. I know, that was wild. What? Yeah, that's exactly why he didn't. (laughs) That's why Lavia didn't. Yeah. Um, And I do cut him some slack because, you know, lack of pre-season, lack of match sharpness. But he wasn't coming into an overly high-intense game. That's what concerns me. Um, It was a game where we was dominant. It's a game where we was dominating possession, where Stan was camped in their half. Uh, he, like, you look at Thiago Silva's debut at West Brom, made mm-hmm. her, made mm-hmm. 
made that horrendous error for the goal. Shocking. And, and <laughs> yeah. something, something we've never seen him do again. But the rest of the game, he was good. He made one shocking mistake and then the rest of the game he was good. Caicedo made mistake after mistake after mistake. I think that's the problem. It was... I'm, I'm not going to judge everything on this and I I do think he's going to still need another couple of games of being on the bench and coming on. He's going to have to get some match sharpness because he didn't look at it at all. I think it's the penalty. I think, I know that's so it's like, yeah, we know that, Mike. No, but seriously, I think if he doesn't give away a penalty, I don't think we talk about his debut. I genuinely don't believe it because he was fine in possession. Fine. He wasn't sharp, but he was fine. Yeah. And oh, oh, he, he hit that volley. Yeah, but he's never been a goal scorer. <laughs> that's not no. his that's not his thing. Yeah. Like, you can't, you know, it's like judging Sanchez how how he takes a throw in. So it doesn't matter. But yeah. The thing is though, is like I think he was I think he was brought on to stop West Ham counter-attacking and stop them from getting out so we could maintain pressure and maintain attacks. And he didn't do it. He didn't stop. He didn't stop one West Ham counter attack. Mm, the, true. <laughs> the, there was a first one on the wing where I can't remember who he was up against. I don't know if it was Bowen he was up against. Uh, it weren't Antonio because I'd let him off if it was Antonio. But mm. I mean, he just got put to he got put to the ground, mm. and it was like, oh god, this isn't that, that hasn't gone well. He's gone in to make a tackle, and the blokes pushed him over and gone. I have a real, I have a real concern with Casado, and I, you know. I was, I was saying this for weeks before we even signed him. And as soon as Liverpool put that off on the table, I think we should have let him have him. And Because I really hope I'm wrong and I hope this comes back in May and like your can, like your Sal Kante take and we can all take... What a dig. We, we, can, we can all take the piss and say how wrong I was. But he just... I, it's got flop written all over it. it, it oh, it's. Man. It's one of those where I just think you're paying a ridiculous amount of money for someone who isn't going to give you any return. You know, mm. we we ended that game yesterday with a two hundred and fifteen million pound centre midfield, and they didn't look any better than James Ward Prowse. Mm. So it's it's a real it's a real concern. Uh, I'm just hoping that it was one of those really bad debuts, and the next game. You'll you'll see him play a lot better and think, oh, okay, maybe the, maybe it, he'll be okay. But mm, mm, mm. if it, if his next game, if he comes on, or I don't think he's going to start. I don't think Potts is that stupid. If if he comes on against Luton and has another similar game, I think alarm bells will start ringing because we're we're not adverse to a poor transfer, are we? Let's be honest. Oh, and... what a really expensive player when we <laughs> sign them and think this is going to change the entire. Oh, why is he doing an interview? <sighs> and how, do you know, I think part of it as well is like almost like PTSD from from the <laughs> Tukarea thing and the fact that he's come from Brighton and not many players have left Brighton and actually gone on and been better. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? But Basuma's it, looking better for Spurs, I think. Yeah, I, I say that confidently, yeah. confidently as someone who doesn't watch Spurs games with much interest. But yeah, I've heard it, things. I've heard things. Uh, yeah, apparently he has started playing well for them, but it has took him nearly, you know, a year. Yeah, so it's not yeah. great. And no. he didn't cost them 115 million. Corsado's not going to get a year. That's the difference. Yeah, that's that's true. That's fair. Um, any other losers you got? I've only got one more. Uh, yeah, I've only got one more. 
go for it. Um, and like I said, some of these players are lucky to escape this list, let's be honest. But um, Mudrick. Oh, okay. Oh, good God. I don't, I don't know where to start with him. Um, he's another... He's a player who's got some weird fan cult following on online, on the social platforms. There seems to be this weird section of Chelsea fans who love him, even though, aside from 12 minutes at Anfield on his debut, he hasn't looked like a footballer since. Um, Chutamaker went off right before halftime. Hmm. In a, in a game that was 1-1 and we was completely dominant in. He had a full 15-minute halftime to warm up, just like they would do before a game. He started the second half and you think, right, you've got 45 minutes now. Seize your opportunity. Go and win us the game. Show everyone the player that you can be and really kickstart your Chelsea career. It was fucking dreadful. He was... Absolutely dreadful. He did one good thing in the entire 45 minutes. A little bit of play on the left-hand side where he faked up to go on his right, dropped the shoulder and put a half-decent ball across mm. um, that Sterling should have done better with. Um, that was it. In 45 minutes. He's £85 million, for God's sake. Like... Uh, we can't really use the fees against... I mean, it's not... They didn't choose that price. No, they didn't. You but... know. I know that's how we measure players. We it just seems to, it is the thing, whether we like it or not. I, I can't. But even I, if mm. even if he was thirty million, he's shown nothing. There isn't a single. If you say you can't say Anfield on his debut, okay. and I said to you, name another positive thing that Mudrick's done in his entire Chelsea career. You'd okay. struggle. I think look, he's got he's got huge potential there. He's so young and so raw as a player, and I I feel that we've got the right manager at the helm in Pochettino to look after that sort of talent. I try not to I I think write anything off from last season because judging those players in that in that that was just last season was just dreadful. I don't think that'll ever nothing will be that bad again just because it was just a. Whatever we'd done done as a soup, it was just awful. Everything was yeah. bad that we put. And it was kind of that sort of thing where, you know, we've we've made a I, I'm doing my kitchen analogies again, but we've done a soup. We think it's not quite right. I mean, should we throw it all out and start again? No, we'll add some more stuff and we'll add some more. So, you know, we had yeah. potter, that's not working. We've still got pot well, well, we'll add lampard in. Well, what are we doing? Oh, we're gonna do this. We we don't really know, do we? We have no idea. We're just yeah. sort of throwing stuff going, let's see what this will work. So yeah, I, I, I'm confident he'll come good. I mean, he's my MVP pick for the season. So I'm hopeful it sort of, you know, starts to... You have get to back into... him, really. <laughs> I have to, and I will. I will. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully, maybe he'll play against Luton. Who knows? Who knows? That, that really, you know. Um, my final loser was me. I just I just had a bad day, you know. Computer CPU <laughs> blew up, as we know. Uh, had to get the old system out so we could pod. I spilt milk in my fridge, spilt Coke all over me, and my burrito that I had for lunch, I'd meal prep, fell apart. <laughs> it was like, it was like oh, a sad day. Gosh. It was one of them. It was the, um, I'll tell you what, I think I've earned my own fail horn, but I can't even see the fail horn. Oh, there it is. See, it's <laughs> not. Yeah. That was my, that was my day as a summary. Um, the emoji game review, Ollie put in a vomit face. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was bloody harsh. For me, it was, I didn't even pick one. I haven't wrote it down. I've still got last week's from Conor Gallagher. That says it all, really. Um, uh, off the top of my head. Gr- grimace, like, ooh. Yeah, that's probably mine off the top of my yeah. head. That's not a bad one. Yeah. Mine is just um, the disappointed face. Mm. The the day as a whole was disappointing, but the thing that the thing that disappointed me the most is everything we struggled against last season. We struggled against this season, and mm. all of the good stuff we've seen in preseason, we haven't seen in a game that actually matters yet. Uh, okay. So at the minute, I just think it's been a a massive disappointment, and this is just we are living proof that from now on, I don't think we should talk about preseason at all because it means absolutely <laughs> jack shit. Um, I just quickly looked at my phone. There is a horn emoji on there, so we'll just go with that because that's summed up <laughs> my day. Um, we have to go through, because it was returning, Lion of the Week. Uh, predictions from Friday. We had Berth had Chile. Chris, you had Nicholas Jackson. I had Gusto. Oh, bloody hell. Ollie had Enzo. It was a tough weekend for him. It's a tough yeah. weekend for me. Tough weekend for us all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it was it was easy. Raheem Sterling, top game from him. I'd have put Carney yeah. in, but I don't think you want to be like celebrating that game after you've come off with a look. Could be a, a, a well, the rest of your year out, but hopefully not. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we do have some questions. Um, Alan asks, should Win Stanley and Stewart be sacked for their incompetence in the transfer dealings, such as overpaying for Caicedo and Lavia, then selling Hall cheaply? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't even feel I think... Hall was cheap. <laughs> Not really. No, I, I don't know where we're getting the cheap. Just because other clubs won't get ripped off like we do doesn't mean we sold him cheap. Mm. Um, I don't think Lavia is overpriced. I think it's probably slightly more than you'd want to pay, but ultimately it's market value, I would say. I think, Mm. you know, you don't get many players, you don't get much of a player now for 50 million, let's be honest. You know, some championship players now are being quoted at 50 million. So Mitrovic has just gone to Saudi for 55 million. I mean, for God's sake, you know. Um, Uh, And Kaiseido, no one, there isn't a single Chelsea fan, especially online, who can have a go at the price we paid for Kaiseido. Because they was all over there. Oh, just pay the hundred million. Yeah. Just pay the hundred. <laughs> just pay the oh, ten million. Let him go to Liverpool. Oh, yeah. if he goes to Liverpool, our season's finished. So <laughs> there isn't a single Chelsea fan who can say anything about that because they all would have paid the money as well. I mean, it, it is it's, like you said. Um, that's the market right now. You know, we needed a centre mid. Other clubs need a centre mid. There's not really a huge market up for these players. So. That means the price goes up. I mean, exactly. look, if, if I'm desperate for strawberry jam and everyone else in my neighbourhood needs strawberry jam and we all find a shop stocking some, you, you pay what you need to pay because, you know, you, you it, cannot make a good sponge cake with some ni- without some nice strawberry jam. No, it's exactly the same as you can go to a Burger King in a shopping centre and pay mm-hmm. a certain price and then you'll go to a Burger King on a service station or in an airport <laughs> and pay... <laughs> And pay double the price because it's supply and demand, doesn't it? Gets even worse if you're going to a festival. <laughs> I should know. Yeah. So how much is exactly. that? I'm going to have, you know what? I'm just going to have a modest, just a burger. And you know what? I'll have a, a, 
glass of water, a, a side bottle of water. Okay, that is fifty-seven pounds. Ah, oh, right. Okay, I'm poor. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it is what it is. Um, talking about that, finally, I, I didn't write down who it was. Uh, what can instantly ruin a good meal for you, lads? <laughs> Why not? Uh, do you know what mine would be if it's cold? You know, oh. you know. Sometimes this happens a lot, especially with takeaways. If you get a takeaway at a busy period mm-hmm. and you happen to be the last drop on their way back to the Ooh. restaurant mm. and you get it and mm. you go to it and it's it's just been out for too long. I hate that. <laughs> McDonald's is awful for that, by the way. <laughs> just, so, just so everyone knows. If you get McDonald's on delivered, it's always cold. Oh, always. Man. Um, I, I've got a memory. I mean, when I saw the question, I was like, I'm, I'm going to go a bit left field. For me, live music when it's just far too loud because oh, god yeah because i remember it was a few a year or so a few years ago i i went to a pizza restaurant it was an independent chain i was really hyped for it and i get there there's a there's a live dj on for some reason now to set the scene here, it's a monday night there ain't no one going out partying on a monday night for a dj and i sure didn't want to hear him plug his bloody soundcloud it's like after every second song but the food the pizza was good I believe I believe I ordered a meat feast. I mean, there was a lot of meat on it, so yeah, let's go with that. Uh, the, the I tell you on... another one. I, t- I, t- on. I tell you another one. Just just because Ollie and Berth aren't here, so I, oh no, I you're like going to go I could do to no. <laughs> when they add something to food that doesn't need to be added, like I had a mac and cheese the other day. I went to a pub the other day and I ordered macaroni cheese, oh, and they okay. added barbecue sauce to it. Oh oh, and I didn't dislike it, but. I, w- I didn't like it either. It, it, I ate it and it was fine. But I just mm. thought, why have you added barbecue sauce? That is so random to add to mac and cheese. Like, I've never seen it before. Some people might tell me, oh, yeah, that's quite normal. But I've I, never I, seen barbecue I, sauce on mac and cheese. I, I just think it's a bit weird. I need to sort out my mac and cheese game because every time I've had mac and cheese, I've never done it myself. But when I've had others, it's just bland. And I'm guessing that's people going to say, that means you haven't had good mac and cheese. So mm, I'll allow, you so. know, um, but yeah, all I learned from that experience was I'm just glad that when I went to that pub or restaurant show, whatever it was, you know, I, I wasn't there to get to know them all because if I was, I would have found out that Dave can really shout over music and Ben really fucking hates Calvin Harris music. But hey, <laughs> that, that, I, I don't, I don't think I've been back. I was trying to think earlier. I was like, oh, I can't remember. Um, we're not going to end the Monday show of Archie Thompson's top trumps because there's only Chris and, you know, we'll wait till, Birth and Ollie are back Friday, and hopefully I'll have a good, good, uh, good computer system back up and running. We hope. But with that, uh, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, treat yourself well. Uh, we'll be back maybe Thursday since it's Friday night football. We've got, you know, I yeah. mean, we are on Friday night football. I mean, I bloody wish that meant us, but it, it doesn't. It just means the team. So they can ruin our weekend early. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> love that positivity and enthusiasm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, till then, that will be us signing off. You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.